You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast, One Word, Yuck. That about sums up the Redskins' 31-15 loss to the Bears, as well as their 0-3 start, as well as too many years for this franchise. I'm joined by 106.7 The Fan's website uh, columnist, Rick Snyder, and then linebacker Cole Holcomb join me for a couple minutes, and then it's on to my observations. I have a lot to say about the organization and the state they're in. But first, Rick Snyder and I discuss the game and the implications from an 0-3 start. We've seen it before, folks. So now I'm here with my longtime colleague, Rick Snyder, now writing for 106.7 The Fan, and he has his own podcast, too, The Seasons of Discontent. There you go. You can give that a listen. Rick and I have covered a lot of stuff here with the Redskins, and Rick, tonight's game, the 31-15 loss to the Bears, was ugly for a long time. What do you take away from this one? You know, the 0-3 start doesn't surprise anybody, really. But that the defense has given up 31 points or more, three straight games, it's just ridiculous. You know, they just don't look like they have a game plan at all. The offense, you know, they're playing with, with uh, fool's gold time when you're down 28-0. You know, I think they could be a little bit better. But this team has done the opposite of what I expected this season. The defense has been awful. And the offense has done a little more than I would have guessed. We've seen... But we were we go way back to when they made a coaching change with North Turner. Now I think it's too early in the season to sit here and say coaching change, but this is a, this is becoming one of those types of seasons that we've seen before. Does it remind you of any previous season? Well, uh, maybe a little bit of the um, uh, Zorn year, but after like two losses, I think everybody knew it was going to go bad right. because the year finished badly. But they did let him go because uh, the whole season because they didn't want to pay the severance package right. on him, and that is something in play here with Gruden. I don't think it should matter, but I think now I think you could change a defensive coordinator, and maybe you go with Ryan because I think this team needs some fire in it, and the Ryan family is known for that. So yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they're known for fire. He wasn't always effective, yeah. but he's known for fire. But yeah. it is. It just feels like that. I just again, it's early in the year, and I know like. They haven't fired. They've never made a coordinator change under Snyder during the season. So, but we also know that they tried to. But didn't they let uh, Mike Nolan go with uh, no. so many games left? And when they got with Charles McDaniel went to, he went with North. With, right. But uh, they kept Nolan that year. I don't remember. I thought the Nolan went too. But uh, it's yeah. I think Snyder's learned his lesson. I'll double when check Nor- on that one. Yeah, when North. Uh, was fired. They were eight and seven, and people right. were still upset because they had a puncher's chance. Or seven and six. Oh, they seven had three six. games left. Right, and then of course they lost two of the three, if I remember, all three. Um, you can tell it's been a long two time the, ago. This two was two thousand. They lost two of the three. Yeah. So, you know, it was. It's just ridiculous to do it at this point. There's nothing to serve. 
what you want to do is go to Haskins at some point, maybe Miami, if they go 0-5. There's no sense playing Case. And, like, Gruden's supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. Can he do something with them? But, you know, I was looking at all the other coaches who came in who got rid of the past quarterbacks. You know, Gibbs did. Uh, Shanahan did. Uh, Spurrier did. You know, even though they had two of them had young quarterbacks. Right. And so you need to know what Haskins can do here. Because they're going to have, the way this is going, a top seven pick. Do you have to spend it on another quarterback? You'd probably rather not. But it's might as well see. If it goes to 0-5, you got to see what's happening. Well, I think, you know, and that's, I know they don't want to go to that point at this time, but at certain, a certain point, you're going to be out of it. And I think when you're out of it, then you're going to, yeah. then, then it becomes time to make some sort of a move like that. Well, Gruden said, I don't want to be changing players every right. five minutes about his quarterbacks. But if you go two more losses in New England, you know, that could always be ugly. Then what's the point? It's 0-5. And, and I think maybe it's not his call at that point. Right. That's, what, that's right. I know if it's up to them. They're probably not going to do it for a long time. But I think at a certain point, it's probably not up to him or the coaching staff. Right, because this ownership is back to selling hope again, too. Once again, a very small crowd of Redskins fans here. You get Haskins playing, you win a game against Miami, you get some people in the seats here. That always plays a little bit into it. Uh, not that it should, but it does. So I can see where Gruden's more or less forced to do it. You know, keep your job, play the kid, finish the year, do something with them. Where, I mean, we take the pulse of this franchise and this base. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen it quite like this. Yeah, this, this, is, this is rock bottom. It really is. I mean, we've seen this coming for two years and so much decreasing every year. But they're not going to have the home crowd the whole season. I don't think there's going to be one game that they have the home advantage of more fans than not. But today was kind of close. Uh, but, you know, Chicago is a good ways away. And people just bought fair airline tickets. I heard from some who said... Yeah, I bought a ticket, and I just, when I was walking up to the stadium, I bought a $20 ticket online and came in. So you're going to get bigger fans knowing they can get in the game cheaply. So, you know, they got to do something here. But this is the bottom piece. I know a guy who gave up his tickets after 70 years. I mean, he was there in almost the beginning, and he was still healthy enough to come, but they just don't want to. They're all angry. The owner is not selling. I don't know what else is going to happen to change their minds except winning, and winning's a few years away. And is, will winning be enough? Well, I think winning always is enough in the end, but not right away. It's going to, they're going to need to be proven a couple years, probably. And the, and the thing is, we don't know because we haven't seen that winning, too. I think that's, if I'm a fan of this franchise, that's the main thing that ticks me off, is that even the years where they were good, it, they never sustained it into the next year. So yeah. it's... You and they, they only have seven more seasons, supposedly, here at FedEx for a new stadium. If that comes anywhere, I don't know where it's going. Um, so you got to get these people, you know, the next generation primed into a new stadium with all the bells and whistles. The NFL is going to 5G networks. Half the league has them. They're not going to do it here. It's not worth it here. It costs you a couple million dollars to install. But you've got to go to a totally new fan base to fill that new stadium. And to do that, you've got to start giving them something more than RFK stories. But that, that's, a, that's a thing that kind of surprised me in this whole situation. And, you know, when Dan Snyder first on the team, the whole thing was too impatient, too impatient. He's been very patient with this, not only this coaching staff, but also this, the Bruce Allen's regime too. And that's a thing that I wonder, will that change? And, and if not, why not? And, and when? Well, fans definitely want Bruce Allen out of here. The old story was he was working this new stadium deal for them. But from what I hear, nothing's happened for a long time. D.C. officials recently said that they had not heard from the Redskins in 13 months. 
Maryland people have pulled out. Virginia's not interested. Who is Bruce talking to? London? I mean, that makes you wonder. I mean, Jack and Cook gave it a passing thought to move from here to L.A. Uh, back when he was trying to get this stadium. And, you know, I don't. I have heard nothing to insinuate that they'll go elsewhere, but who is he talking to then? You know, if he's not even talking to D.C. So I think the fans would be happy that Bruce is going, but in the end, they still don't want to give their money to Dan Snyder. And that's, that's the crux of the problem because they, you know, clearly there's a trust issue between the fan base and this organization. I don't know if the organization realizes the depth to where they've gone to. No, no, not at all. From what I've seen there in total denial up the top, what they really need to do, slash the you know, parking price to nothing, slash the food down. Because a lot of people say, yeah, tickets are cheap, but then I'm paying all this money elsewhere and that goes right. to Dan. Okay, I mean, seriously, you make a fortune off the food and and parking. That's one reason why Jack Kent Cook left RFK, is he didn't get any of that revenue. Uh, it's a fortune, but you need to slash it, do something for these fans, uh, and reach out to them. Because right now, it's just, they're, they're bitter to the end. I don't see Dan Snyder selling his team next 20 years if he's alive. So, I don't know what else to do. It's just at the bottom of everything. And that's the thing is, I think, Listen, if you're winning, that's fine. But if you're not winning and it's been 10 years with Bruce Allen and you're not winning, something's got to go or something has to change. And I just don't know that I sense that it's going to do that. And again, it's three games into the season, but I just know that we both were sitting here talking like the season's over because I think we both know where this thing is headed. Yeah, I just, you know, where, how are you going to turn your defense around? I mean, no, Chicago wasn't a very good offense. Uh, and this team gave away the win. And Chicago looked pretty decent tonight on offense. Uh, so if your defense can't get it back in gear and give, say, 20 points a game or something, you know, the offense isn't strong enough to be able to score enough. They could, you know, Sports Illustrated predicted that they would go 3-13. and 13, and I thought, oh, y'all are nuts. This is a yeah. 7 win, 8 win. Maybe that size right. Well, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about that before, too. I had him at seven wins, and I thought I was optimistic at seven, I'll be honest. But but I'm still thinking, okay, if I'm optimistic at seven, probably six. And now you look at it, and now I'm thinking, boy, maybe I was way too optimistic. I still, you know, you still look down the schedule and see this and that and this and that. But, man, I don't know. Like, watching this team, they haven't put together any sort of consistent half with on, the, on either side of the ball to, to really give you reason to think that it's going to be any sort of different, you know, final 13 games. I don't see Trent Williams coming back. I mean, he's posting pictures online like postcards from the edge saying, ha-ha, I'm having a great like, time. Where's Waldo? I don't see that one working. I, should, I would trade him now, try and get a pick. You know, maybe get a second because you're giving him up a year early for the pick. Right. Uh, but the offensive line has been okay in the past protection at best nothing in the running game the running game has done nothing and now Geis is gone for however long you know I don't see Jordan Reed coming back uh, on that so you're suddenly vulnerable to most of the positions in case at five turnovers tonight so you know yeah he had a couple of good plays at the end but that's after the pressure was off so I don't see the offense doing a whole lot you know they've got some players on this team but it's just slipping away from them you know a coach is going, players then know how to protect themselves right. about this, and it can all just hurtle downfield real quick. And that's the thing I was going to get to, too, because when I look at this roster, there's still a lot, there's still some good young building blocks. I think if somebody comes in next year, that if there, if there indeed is a change at the end of the year, that 
there's some good places to start building, but it would take a, then you're facing a rebuild at that point. Yeah, I think I would take a defensive-oriented coach next time. I think you have more to work with there. On there, I, we saw Montez Sweat tonight start to really play some ball. You know, they've got good young players in different spots. They've got enough core to move on, but they, they definitely need a lot more. Well, and I, I think the worry for me with that would be, and I listen, my thing would be take a good coach. If the best coach is, yeah. a, is a defensive coach, get them. The thing you always worry about is with the quarterback, you have a young quarterback with a defensive guy, what's he going to do with that? And then are you getting a new coordinator every other year if this kid does well? That's the one worry, but I think that's a worry you probably want to have because it means the kid's doing well. And that was the Jason Campbell problem. You know, we have right. about four coordinators in four years or something crazy. And I, I thought he was a decent player that just couldn't, you know, had all these changes. I think he said seven straight years, including college. He yeah, the coordinator. That's, that's impossible right. to win. Um, but I agree with you about that, about you got to find yourself the right offensive it's, coordinator. It's one, thing to wonder, coach. it's one thing to wonder about. You know, this team, the biggest thing with the coaches is, you know, when Gibbs and Pettibone were here, they flipped the script at halftime. These guys, I guess, go to the restroom and get a drink because <laughs> I never see anything change. The third quarter, they never score. Nothing seems to change in that second half. And I would like them to also, when he wins the coin toss, take the ball first. <laughs> you know, what happened tonight? They threw an interception on the first one and buried him. But, you know, I would take the ball. Try and score first. Try and dictate some pace of something. Screw this end of first, beginning of second. That happened against them last week, but it doesn't ever do anything for them. Uh, it, there's so much that they have to do. But I think now if you get to that dead man walking phase, everything reverts to protect yourself at all times and we've seen this before in this building everybody worries about themselves gonna be a long year rick oh boy just another long year there you go again rick snyder you can read him on 1067 the fans website and also listen to his podcast the seasons of discontent after this break we'll hear from linebacker cole holcomb on some of the defensive miscues Welcome back. I talked to Cole Holcomb about some of the defensive breakdowns and the issues with communication. He did say one thing that would be a positive that you can take from this because remember, there are a decent number of young players and new players on this roster. Perhaps games like this force them to watch more film together away from their regular scheduled meeting meeting times and help improve the communication. That's always a good thing, watching more film together, that is. The reasons why they have to do that are not such a good thing. But I also would be concerned because listen to what he said about the communication this week. And if it wasn't about communication, then heaven help them. How hard is it when you guys have a lot of new guys and they're sending on these crossers and doing things off picks and all that, does that make it tougher when you have a lot of new guys trying to with yourself or some others that are new, does it make it tougher to defend some of that stuff, or what do you think is going on? I mean, I just think, you know, young group of guys, we got to learn to maybe, if it's if it's getting in the film room with each other a little more, um, hey man, how do you see this, how do you want to play this, how do you want to play that, um, kind of thing, I mean, honestly, like, that's, that's just... In, in my opinion, like, there's always, like, you can always, you know, they came out, they did their game plan, we knew what they were doing, 
things like that. They get in certain splits. Why are they get our teams getting in certain splits? You see things like that and just okay. Well, let's start talking through if they get into this, if they get into that, if they get into that. So that way you start jiving with who's going to be in, who's who's going. You so, think that's something that would happen more started going forward? If that's something that can help? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I guess it hasn't happened because I know you guys no, need to do I stuff. Think, I think we got. I think we got better in terms of communication this week. I just think still got a little more ways to go. You guys were using kind of almost like I guess it was a big a big nickel package where I think you were out yeah. for a little bit. What was Five the down. yeah? What was the behind it? Why did you guys want to go that one? Maybe get an extra pass rusher in there. You know, maybe disguise some coverages. Um, try and get a little more pressure on the QB. What do you, when you look at the defense, what do you what do you feel like? You say, hey, besides the communications, there's something else that you say we've got to get better here. Just making plays when they come to you. I mean, I, as 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 a defense, you know, sometimes I think myself included, like when there's when there's an opportunity to make a play, go make it. You know, there's times where there's there's. Prime example there, we were in cover two. I knew they wanted to throw that dig route and go jump it, just go jump it, kind of thing. So it's like you know, make a play when it's presented to you. That's how I feel. What? How frustrating has this been for you guys? Because there's a lot expected of this of your group, the whole team too. Yeah, I mean it's frustration, but as, as honestly, I think it's you know, I haven't seen any guys really let it get to them. They're you know, hey, this is. This isn't how we want to start it, but we got to come. We can't get frustrated and get mad at each other. We got to come closer. We got to. You know, if we want to switch this, turn this thing around. The only way we can do it is with the guys in the room. So, you know, I think you know, we're starting to get it. And after this break, I'll be back with my observations. Okay, now it's time for my observations. Number one, as I said when talking with Rick Snyder earlier, it does not appear the coaching staff believes Dwayne Haskins is close to being ready. That's why Jay Gruden won't be making a change anytime soon, and I could see them turning to Colt McCoy before going to Haskins. That is, if McCoy does make it back. A week or so ago, I was told he might return after the Bears game. We'll see. But the bottom line is Haskins won't be going in this week, and then it's real hard to see him starting the following week against New England. I don't get the sense from other players that anyone is sitting there saying, play the rookie. Now, there's no doubt you could put together a package of plays that Haskins could run if needed. I do wonder if there are some other systems where he could go in and run them a lot sooner, or maybe not a lot sooner, but sooner. There's a lot to Gruden's offense, and it takes time to learn. There are others who have picked it up fast, notably Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. But if anyone doubted the stories before the draft about Gruden's preference for other players at 15, those should be dispelled. They wanted someone who could help immediately. If they don't feel that Haskins is close to ready at this point, it's why they would have preferred another pick. Again, this is a coaching staff that has to win now. That's not to say at all that Dwayne Haskins was the wrong pick. He's a work in progress, and I'm going to be writing about that on ESPN.com this week. Um, but there's a long way to go before that's determined. It's just that he was paired with the staff in a, in, a, in a precarious spot. And that goes to number two. And that's the problem with this season. We're only three games in and already there are calls for Gruden's job. 
The feeling I got from some a couple weeks ago was that they knew Gruden was in trouble and they knew this where this season could go. If that's the case, then why the heck didn't they make changes after last offseason? Now this fan base must slog through 13 more games of this while waiting for what right now feels inevitable at this point. If they turn around, great. Okay, bring everybody back. But short of that, we're already discussing coaching moves. They have a lot of young players, plus the young quarterback, and the organization put them in a spot where they had a coach who must win now. It's an awkward or, or oddly matched situation. For those who want change, you have to know just doing so with the coaches won't get you where you need to go. And it's just when you have a situation like this, it's not healthy for anybody, for the players, for the fan base, for the locker room. It's going to be 13 more weeks of this unless they can start winning. And the question will be, how long can owner Dan Snyder put up with the speculation? He hasn't fired a coach, as Rick and I talked about earlier, in season since North Turner um, in, in 2000. And I don't know that he'd do it now. He let Zorn get to the end, end line. Um, we'll see where this goes. But we're already at that point where that topic is being raised, and that leads number three. And that is that no coach has consistently won under Dan Snyder or Bruce Allen. And all you have to do is look at the stands for the second home game of the year, a Monday nighter for God's sake, and you see half the fans were rooting for the Bears. And there were thousands of empty seats. The sad thing is, I don't know if Allen and Snyder realize the depths to which they've sunk this franchise. I don't know if I've ever seen it this low. And I will say, Dan Snyder hasn't given an interview for a long time. And Bruce Allen, while he's given some, um, he typically deflects and just doesn't, I haven't gotten the sense that he quite gets this part of it. He knows that people just, he, know that, he knows that fans hate him. He knows that. Um, and he's felt that. He, and I don't know that he's always understood why that's the case. Um, but it is. Um, and that's, you guys know that as well as anybody. But even during the Zorn years and some of the other craziness, the fan base would show up strong. But now they're not showing up and they're watching, and there are fewer eyeballs watching them on TV. You can't operate without transparency and you can't act as if you've won things when you haven't. There is a lot of work ahead for this organization to win the fans back. I wonder if winning will be enough. Well, I don't know. I think it'd be nice for you guys if we ever found out the answer to that question. On to number four. Two players who stood out in the locker room, receiver Terry McLaurin and defensive end Jonathan Allen. That's not to say that other players are bad. I didn't have any other player decline interviews. I didn't hear of anybody doing so. I saw a lot of veterans talk. That's what you do in these situations. Guys are trying to remain upbeat, and they see that there is, as we've all seen for years, You know, I know you guys are getting tired of this. There's more talent in that locker room than what their record suggests. That's been the case for years, and it, that predates Jay Gruden. Um, but I like the way that McLaurin and Andal, Allen handled themselves. McLaurin comes across as mature and already seems like he's played in this league for a long time. Both come from storied college programs used to a lot of winning. After the game, McLaurin was asked about his own performance, had another touchdown, um, he, was, he had some good catches. His comment was, the box score doesn't say Terry has a great game. It says the Redskins lost. I feel like that and our team feels like that. For proof of his approach, go back and watch this second ha-ha Clinton Dix interception. McLaurin, and also fellow receiver Paul Richardson, but McLaurin was down the middle of the field and far from the play. 
but he sprinted back to get into the play and get in on the tackle. I mean, I don't know. I didn't add up the yards. I would say if you can find a clip of that play, just go back and watch because that's the kind of guy you want to start, you want to continue to build with. Um, and I think that's something that the scouts identified, and I give Kyle Smith credit on that for going after guys like that. The play would have been made without McLaurin, but his sprinting said a lot about him and what he stands for. And again, I will credit Paul Richardson too because he was sprinting just as hard. Um, it's just that I saw um, McLaurin getting in on the play. Um, and But anyways, that's, that's what you want to see. Allen, meanwhile, was passionate after the game as he often is. He's taking on more of a leadership role, and he, that kind of started to evolve last year. He confronted some players, some who are no longer here, um, about various habits that they had with practice and all that. Um, now he's trying to take more of an overall leadership role. Uh, apparently, according to J.P. Finley from NBC Sports, he addressed the team after the game and gave a passionate speech. And one of the things when he talked to the media, he had a couple things to say. He was asked about the talent in the roster, going back to that topic. And this is what he said. Every team has talent. That means absolutely blank. He didn't say blank. He said basically a word that sounds like fertilizer or is could be used for fertilizer. Anyways, he said, you don't get win games with talent. Simple as that. And he's absolutely right. There are a lot of problems, and it goes. it's an organizational thing, man. And good organizations win, and bad organizations have years like this. And... Um, not just where things get bad, but where it's been bad, it's been building toward this in a negative way. Um, and he also said, there ain't no magic sauce to get this thing turned around. It's doing the little things right. That's what we got to do. Um, he also went on to, to basically say, if you're not in a very colorful way, if you're not supporting us now, don't support us late. And he did say, don't support us now. If you don't support us now, don't support us later. We're going to circle the wagon, this mother bleeper. We're going to get S right. I mean that. It's always dangerous when you start asking fans not you know, about or talking about the support. I think it's just better to say we've got to get it turned around and give the fans reason to stay supportive of us. I think that's probably a better way to do it. But what I do like is the passion that Allen exudes. This means something to him. It means something to McLaurin. You need more guys like that. But I don't think it's. I don't even think it's. You need more players like that. I think you need more people in the organization like that, where it means that much too to win or lose games like this. I saw Joe Gibbs before the game in the hallway briefly. He was here for the London Fletcher ceremony. Um, and what you knew with Gibbs is he created a situation where guys were paranoid of losing. Guys were became paranoid of letting others down. And that was, it, it was, it permeated my understanding throughout the building. And I was here for the second go round, but not the first. Clearly the first was a lot better. But even during the second, you knew what it, you knew how much it mattered to Gibbs and the and the organization when he was here, and that's not a, that's not on Gruden, that's on the organization, and I think that has to be just keep that in mind when when you want change, it's the organization that produces winners um, and losers. Finally, I'm going to get to the game. As far as the game, I'll go with a couple couple thoughts. The Bears defense did an excellent job pressuring Case Keenum most of the night. The Redskins tried various tactics to slow the rush, and none worked. And a contained Keenum is not a good one. It's, he's, he's, he's short. He's not going to see over the line. It's going to lead to turnovers or negative plays. It also speeds him up. And, for example, in his first interception, his eyes took the safety to the ball because he felt pinched for time. Later, Clearly, he knows what to do in those spots because later in the game, when he had a little bit more time to throw, his eyes held the safety, and he delivered a nice ball to McLaurin um, kind of in the middle of the end zone. 
um, on defense. The breakdowns keep happening, and it's not always wrong coverages. Sometimes it's just poor play. There are a lot of issues on this side of the ball. I know players have liked Minuski, but the pressure packages rarely get home. The one did one overload worked Monday, and there's just not much creativity. Um, guys can play better. Um, there's no doubt about that, and I don't. I'm not going to put everything on coaching because guys can play better. But I'm also not. You cannot ignore that, and I know nobody has. Um, you know, I think that's going to become a tired topic. So let's just move on for a second. Gruden has left this side of the ball alone, and that's to me been unwise. If there is a problem there that keeps happening, I think you you owe it to yourself as a head coach to get over there and and help fix things. And if it means you have to turn over some of the duties during the game to someone else, whether it's play calling, whatever, then I think that's what you need to do because this is your team and you need to get this right. And while there's pressure on Minuski, as there should be. Um, I think there's you, you've it's just you've got to do that. That's what you have to do as a head coach. On Monday, the crossers constantly hurt them. Heck, on one, I thought it was a blown coverage because Taylor Gabriel ran a crosser, crosser while John Bostic tried to cover him. He ended up in a 13-yard gain. So I went back and watched it. Three corners went with two receivers. It was out of a bunch formation. And I just to me that looks odd. And so why would you have a Gabriel or um, Bostic matchup against? Gabriel like that, even if he's playing in his zone coverage, it becomes a man when he's in his area. And I was told afterwards by one of the players that the corners actually played it right. It was Bostic, I believe, I believe needed to take a better angle, but he was put in a no-win situation. He wasn't going to win against Gabriel. And on and on it goes. Well, that's all for me after this 31-15 loss. Thank you to Rick Snyder for joining me, Cole Holcomb for taking a couple minutes. And God bless you if you're still listening now because it means you still care, and I appreciate that. I'll talk to you next time.